This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 142, Identifying Your Emotions. Hey there, I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and co-host, Becky Proudfit. Hello. Hello. Guess okay. what? What? I just read another really super sweet review. Oh, guys, I love them so much. <laughs> I know. I'm going to read it to you. I'm just going to jump right into it because I want to leave as much time as possible to cover this topic that is near and dear to your heart. So shall I read that first? Yeah. She titles it, Love, Love, Love This. Three loves. So there's a lot of love. That makes Her me name is good. Shan Penn. She says, I look forward to this podcast each week. I love the challenge it gives me, thoughts, and lessons I am learning. It's beautifully done, and I appreciate all your work and time you put into this. Love the blessing this is in my life. Thank you. That's really sweet to be appreciated and recognized for the work because we don't need to hear that. We really don't. We do it sincerely because we love it. But for someone to go, man, that's got to be a lot of work. I'm like, oh, Oh, it kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is. We kind of we kind of do a lot to kind of keep the ship afloat and it's so fun also. It's the best. It's the best kind of work ever. Yeah, it's very and fulfilling. The reason I love it is because when we talk about clarity or we talk about purpose or we talk about inspired action or any of these things like taking the right kind of action in your life doesn't feel as much like work because it brings you so much fulfillment. So it's both. And the podcast falls under that, you know, likewise, if it wasn't bringing us fulfillment, it would feel like just a whole lot of work. Listen, if it weren't fulfilling, peace out, I'd be done. Yeah, exactly. No, truly, like it really, truly with all of my heart, I would not hesitate for one second to say, oh, that was fun. And I'm glad we did it. And now we're done. Right. But the thing is, is it's still very fulfilling. And until it's not, we are... We're here for it. We're here for it. Oh, so good. I can't wait for this episode. Before we get there, let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. We'll be the first to tell you that you're beautiful as you are and you don't need makeup. Personally, I have plenty of no makeup days. And also, we love makeup. Why? There's something about a five-minute beauty routine that adds a pep in our step or even invokes the feeling of a full-blown superpower. Amen. For our longtime listeners, you know we are talking about Shine Cosmetics, but we have something different to share with you that's extra special, and it won't last long. For the first time ever, our Becky code will be increased to a 20% discount at shinecosmetics.com. Wait, what? Okay, here's what you need to know. This very rare, very special promotion is site-wide. You'll save 20% on everything at Shine, so this is undoubtedly the time to stock up, especially on items that rarely go on sale. You also need to know that this increased discount only lasts to the end of April 9th. If you're listening to this episode after the promotion is long gone, no worries. You can always save 10% at Shine with the code Becky. But if you're listening between April 7th to April 9th, 2021. Trust us. You will want to take advantage of this opportunity. Shine Cosmetics is our absolute favorite cosmetics brand for so many reasons. Check out the sharing we're both doing on Instagram this week in connection with this promotion. We're each sharing our makeup routines and personal favorite items in the stories. Again, the shop is found at shinecosmetics.com and the code to save is Becky. Hey, I just want to thank you in advance for preparing 
this episode. I love when we take turns and we just prepare thoughts and the other person doesn't know what to expect and then it just magic happens. So thank you in advance. Oh, well, you're welcome. As always, looking forward to the wisdom, the insights, the perspective. Let's hear it. Well, and let me be very clear. When I have an episode that's my turn to prepare, Mm -hmm. I obviously pray about what to prepare, but also I look to my life, what's going on in my life, Mm -hmm. hard things, good things, things I've learned. Um, And I want to be very clear at the top of this episode to say, I am not a psychiatrist. I am not a psychologist. Um, I love, love psychology. I loved it in college. I love learning about it, but I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. And so I'm going to be sharing other people's work who are way qualified um, in this area of psychology. But it kind of led me to thinking about what actually makes someone qualified to speak about something. Hmm. Hmm. And I was actually having a conversation with a friend this week about, about that. And she was kind of asking like, if it, if it ever felt uncomfortable to share things that like, I don't have a degree in. Okay. Okay. So not just sharing vulnerably, but sharing what you don't have the expertise with air quotes. Right. Where I don't have like the degree behind it. Sure. Yeah. And, and I think there's two things here. Number one, whenever I share, um, like psychological theory or whatever, mm-hmm. I always am stating the studies, the person that conducted the studies. Oh, and yeah. you guys, if yeah. you, if you only knew how much research I, she overprepared, I was telling Becky last night, like in this one, I fell down the rabbit hole and it, I went down, <laughs> down deep into the rabbit hole because I genuinely find this to be so interesting. Sure. So interesting. Um, and the second thing I thought of is if we hold ourselves back all the time worrying like if we're qualified to speak about something, it really is going to hinder information from getting out there. Mm. So a lot of the information I share is things I have learned and I'll, I will cite all the sources. But I think what makes me qualified to speak about this is because literally what I'm going to talk about came from a very personal experience that happened just a little bit ago. And I think our vulnerability in sharing the things we experience and also the things we learn makes us qualified to speak about pretty much anything. Oh, I echo all of that. As you were explaining that, I I wanted to almost like chime in with my thought around it. And you said everything that I would want to say around it. We have personal experiences for a reason. And so whether or not you're qualified, it's none of like, none of us should be closing our mouths because we don't feel qualified. Like, sure. We may not have like a degree to back up, um, or the expertise that people research or whatever. But if we don't speak about our own experiences, that's what I love about what you do is you take that combination of the research that you've done, you credit the sources, and then you package it and present it Mm -hmm. from your own vantage point and experience. Because some of this information, I don't know that I would have found or necessarily gone down the rabbit hole if I didn't have a podcast episode to prepare about Uh, it. Yeah. And so I'm grateful to have so much information to have. So there are so many resources available online. There are so many credible studies and sources and information out there. So I'm happy to share with you some of the work of some of these really inspired um, professionals and individuals in this psychological field. And then I'm happy also to vulnerably share my experience with it awesome. and application. Oh, so good. Okay. So now that that's covered, I want to tell you about something that happened 
I was on vacation. There you were. For spring break. <laughs> there I was. <laughs> um, and if you've listened to the podcast a lot, you know I am not typically a very emotional person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not prone to crying. Not mm-hmm. that I don't have emotion, but I'm just not. Crying is not your manifestation it of is your really emotions. Not. It's yeah. really not. Yep. And um, so I was in Hawaii and having an amazing time. It's one of my favorite places on earth there with my family. And the reason I love it so much is because of who my family is when we're there. Like yeah. it just mm. is so freeing and fun and everyone's connecting and in nature and surfing the waves. And I just love it. Like there's it's just like, nothing to not love. It's my very definition of freedom and connection. Mm-hmm. Is, and it's euphoric for your this, family. It yes. really is. It's yeah. our favorite. And so this time we, we, you know, we had stayed for, I think 11 days and, um, my husband had encouraged me to stay on the island for an additional like three and a half days um, because of the the book project that I'm working on and I'm getting like close, very, very close to being done. And he said, why don't you just take three days? Like all we have to do is extend this and this and it's not a big deal. Like I can, I can manage things at home. And so he really encouraged me to do that. And of course I was like, are you kidding? Finishing my book on my favorite place on earth? Yes, I accept. That <laughs> sounds like a fantastic Kind of idea. a no-brainer. Yeah, exactly. Right? It, it felt like It's it. a no-brainer, right? Yeah. Like the opportunity presented itself. Mm-hmm. And so the day came where it was time to take my family to the airport and we got them all packed up and took them to the airport. And I knew that I would feel sad because, you know, like I love my people. And so I was like just a little weepy coming home and, and I was actually listening to um, a CD Mm-hmm. you know, we love those CDs in the cars of like the inspirational talks. And our friend David Butler, who's been on the podcast, had a new CD out that I had purchased a Deseret book. And I was listening to it and feeling all the feels and inspired and all the things. And then I got back to my hotel room and I walked in and it just felt empty. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt so empty. And this is not typically a feeling that I have a lot. I, you know, Becky and I travel for work from time to time. Like I have time away from my kids. That's not a foreign concept to me, but for some reason walking into that hotel room without my family was like beyond overwhelming, just so overwhelmingly emotional. And I just bawled my eyes out for like hours and you, you had to have felt shocked. I was totally shocked. And I was confused because I'm like, what is this moisture coming out of my eyes? Right. What am I feeling? And so my first instinct is to be afraid. Like, is something really wrong? Like, I don't react this way to almost anything. And I was telling Becky about the experience later. And I was like, I don't, I really can't recall crying that hard mm. almost any time in my entire life. And so it was this very bizarre reaction, which kind of made me like a little bit afraid and so as I'm bawling and getting all this emotion out, which is good, it, it made me stop and pause kind of when it subsided a little bit, like what is going on here? Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand I'm having a reaction that I'm not used to. I'm afraid something's really wrong. Like what is happening here? And so I had to really stop and try to understand what it was I was actually feeling, which Thank goodness you allowed yourself, first of all, to do the crying because you're not a crier. So whether mm-hmm. you're a crier or not, right. you did not resist. That emotion was just pour- literally pouring out of you because mm-hmm. you said you were bawling for hours. That is the most uncharacteristic Becky Proudfit thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know. It's it was so, so weird. not like you. So and weird. So I'm really proud of you for not resisting it. But I yeah. think what's really particularly impressive 
is to get curious about that as opposed to just being like, I'm so stupid. Why am I over emotional or being completely freaked out? Wait, does this mean I like, is my, is that plane going to go down and my family's going to die? Like, and that's exactly where my brain went is because Mm. I'm a person that's like a spiritual individual. When I have a reaction like that, I have to, I I go to that place of is something, am I doing something wrong? Is Mm. something off? Is this alerting me to danger? And so let's start there. So basically when we think about emotions, okay, there was one thing I read, um, that actually helped me to really frame emotion better. And let me tell you the rabbit hole, like right at the top of the episode (laughs) that I fell down. So I started researching just to like understand what happened. Um, and I found this doctor whose name is Paul Ekman and Paul Ekman, like he was named as, um, one of the 100 most influential people in the psychological field by time magazine and like for like the 20th century, like he is a seriously amazing guy and his research is incredible. And you can go to, I'm going to give the exact link in show notes, but it's Paul Ekman, E-K-M-A-N.com is his general website. And you, I mean, there is so much information, there's courses, there's all kinds of things. And I started reading his work. And one of the things that he said was, um, that there is a difference in emotion and feeling. Okay. And I was like, okay, that doesn't make sense, but continue. And that emotion is a subconscious physiological response. Hmm. Okay. So it's a body response. Like it's a physical response and it's subconscious. Okay. Okay. Then feelings, which come next are subjective experiences of emotions and they are driven by conscious thought. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So emotion can't really prevent it. Right. Me going to that hotel room and bawling. I can't, that's a subconscious thing. I didn't know what was happening. Like that was a, my body was having a physiological response. So what comes next is really the most important part is the feeling part. And he, in his research makes very clear to point out that you can have emotion without feeling. So you can have the subconscious body freak out. However, emotion is manifesting to you without having the feeling part, which is kind of the conscious, intentional, reflective part. And one comes before the other? Yes. Okay, because I was thinking the opposite. Like maybe maybe it was our thoughts lead to feelings, lead to emotions. But the way you're understanding it is you have this emotion, which is this expression, this subconscious, um, and it's a reaction. It's a reaction. And then you have feeling... Mm -hmm. around the emotion you have feeling around the emotion which is like the reflective piece of like what Mm -hmm. am I feeling sure why am I feeling okay um and then so we need to talk about what emotion is essentially okay Okay. but you need to kind of have what I just talked about in mind and there was a great um quote her name is Kendra Cherry she's a psychological expert and she says emotions help us to take action to survive to strike and avoid danger to make decisions to understand ourselves and others, and they help other people understand us. Hmm. And then Dr. Ekman adds on that they also motivate, they guide, and they prepare us. Okay. Okay. So these subconscious physiological responses we have, there is so much purpose to it. 
right? And we know, we talk about all the time, like emotion essentially is meant, meant to help us survive, right? But it's also like to motivate us, to guide us, to prepare us for all of these, for all these things. Where it gets scary, I think, is when we have emotions, like super strong reactions, and we don't take the time to go into that feeling place of the reflectiveness mm. of like what is happening. I think most of us probably don't do that most of the time. Because it's scary, and like when or you're we in don't a place, think about it. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it's, it's scary, just, or mm-hmm. maybe we just don't even think to go into that place. Right. I don't know. And so if we're if we understand, like as a very broad concept, that the job of emotions is to alert us to something. Mm-hmm. Literally, emotions just alert us that there has been a disruption. There has been input, internal or external input. Like there is a disruption and your body is wanting you to notice something. Mm -hmm. And so your body is giving you a response and that response is emotion. Which then is where you go into the feeling. So at that point you have a choice. Okay. So he said you can't, you can have feeling you or you can't have feeling without emotion, right? Like that reflect, but you can have emotion without feeling. And that emotion without feeling is where things start to get scary and convoluted and Burying and all those things with emotions that we don't want to do. Wait, let me make sure. I think you just said you can't have feeling without emotion mm-hmm. or emotion without feeling. You can't have feeling without emotion, but you can have emotion, emotion without, without feeling. feeling. Yeah. But that's not good. Okay. Like that literally keeps you in this place of reactivity mm. where the emotion essentially means nothing. Totally. But it is a sometimes happy, but sometimes very unpleasant sensation. Okay, so I have to imagine that um, a while back when I had that um, a, that anxiety attack that changed my life, which we recorded two parts of an episode about, mm-hmm. um, that had I just had the anxiety attack and kind of freaked out and then moved on mm-hmm. and not actually felt the feelings around it, then right. I would have never actually properly coped with what was actually going on that led to all of it. What it's trying to alert you to. Right. And then that is the whole point of that whole experience for me is the alerting that it was doing and the way that I then changed my life because of everything. So, so that's starting to make sense to me even more because the emotion was the anxiety attack almost right. Like the, the Mm -hmm. expression that was the alert. It was a red flag of your body being like, Mm -hmm. something is very, very wrong here. Right. But the problem is, is like I could have bawled for the rest of the day or the week, but at some point your body is going to like be done with giving you that. Like at some point you cry all your tears, right? Sure. And you can do that. But then if you don't get to the feeling and reflective part, likely your body's going to have to alert you again. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is not something you likely want to experience Mm -hmm. twice. Right. Right. Um, and so I kind of, curated again, I'm not going to say like tips or like, this is what you do. I'm just going to say based on what I, what I did, what I have, what I read then, what I have read a lot since then, I'm trying to like dissect, okay, how did I handle this? And is this a good roadmap for me in the future? Hmm. And I just kind of want to break it down to what I did cool, and the research that supports it. I love it. If that makes sense. Yeah. I okay. love that. So the first one you kind of already touched on is get curious. Okay. Um, before we talk about this, I want to talk about, and this is, um, Dr. Dr. Ekman, Dr. Paul Ekman. He said there's, there's six primary emotions, although there's a seventh that like his research is very close to kind of identifying. Okay. So I'm going to give you the six right now and I'll tell you what the seventh is, but know that it's not like substantiated as one of the 
core ones yet, but okay. I think it will be. Mm-hmm. Um, so the six are happiness, disgust, anger, fear, surprise, and sadness. Okay. So that is like the core of all emotions. Now there's lots of like subsects off of that. So like everything else we feel essentially falls under one of those six categories. That makes sense. The yeah. seventh one is contempt, but research hmm. is supporting it, but he hasn't like called it that it's one sure. of the... The interesting thing about it is if you've ever seen the movie Inside Out mm-hmm. by Disney, yep. like it literally is such a great depiction. And Dr. Ekman actually has a course of like decoding Inside Out. Oh, I love that. Of to like he does. understand how to talk I to your kids that. about emotions, which I absolutely love. And so when I have a visualization to go along with something, it helps me to better categorize like what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why that movie is so good. It is. You can it visualize is so good. Emotions, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that first thing about getting curious, mm-hmm. I would say, is let go of categorizing emotions as good or bad. And so where I got stuck was like bawling my eyes out. Is something wrong? Are my kids going to die in a plane crash? Am I going to be a lot like as my mind is racing to try to make sense of all this, like, is this good that I'm feeling this? Is this bad that I'm feeling this? Is this right? Is this wrong? And that kind of like cycle loop kind of kept me stuck for a little while. And so first get curious about what it is you're actually feeling because the fear part is going to come in probably no matter what, if it's an unpleasant emotion, but Mm -hmm. you really need to understand what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And I knew in that moment I could, I could, t- I could say in my body, I am feeling heaviness in my chest. I am crying. I am feeling like my muscles feel weak. I want to like lay on a bed, like just talking myself through physiologically what is happening is super helpful to me because otherwise when my mind is all like going in circles, I may categorize it as, oh, I'm feeling anxiety about something, but that might not be what I'm actually feeling. And so when I sat with it for a long time and I was like, am I feeling anxiety? No, because I know when I feel anxiety, anxiety feels like X, Y, and Z. Mm. Okay. Am I feeling anger? Well, when I feel anger, this is the sensation in my body Mm. is I feel like this, my face scrunches up all these different things. And if you're curious to know what is like general um, body posture relationships with these core emotions. This is like the heart of Paul Ekman's work. Okay. Is he had, he's like a master of, of like micro expressions in your face and body posture. And again, we'll give the link in the show notes at paulekman.com, but you can go and really kind of dissect if you need a place to start. If you don't know what your body looks like and feels like when it's angry, go read what like generally bodies look like. So and these are universal principles. He's yeah. he's the kind of the person that like blew wide open the doors of like um before like Margaret Mead and and even Charles Darwin and some of these psychological pioneers were saying that that these facial expressions, body posturing, how we experience emotion is very um very localized to culture and different situations and Dr. Ekman is the one that kind of like proved that all wrong to say mm-hmm. no there are universal human relationship with emotions and Anyway, super interesting. I can really talk about that for hours, but lots of studies on his website you can read if you need to like understand mm-hmm. how your body experiences an emotion. Very cool. So anyways, I'm in the hotel room and I'm like, hey, this is not anxiety. Like, although parts of this, because I'm afraid that something's really wrong are feeling like anxiety, like the core of what I'm feeling is not anxiety. And I was able to break it down to like, I'm just, I'm feeling really sad. Like I'm feeling overwhelming 
sadness. Unusually sad. Unusually sad. Mm -hmm. Right. And so at that point I'm like, okay, that's now I know what I'm feeling. So for me, that takes that fear piece out of it. Right. Okay. And time out just to clarify, we're talking about being curious and you also talked about describing almost out loud if you need to, this is what I'm feeling. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're suggesting that um, identifying what you're feeling and physically experiencing is part of the curiosity. It absolutely is. that what you're is. saying? Like it's all kind mm-hmm. of like that's part of the curiosity is is thinking through all those phys- physiological Because it takes responses. your it takes your brain from from maybe fear of the future of what this emotion could become mm-hmm. or like could it become a panic attack or could it become this that or the other and it puts you back in the present of what is actually happening and not what you perceive could happen okay, or that is makes going sense. on. Yeah. And so for me again I'm feeling intensely sad and I'm talking about an unpleasant emotion, but obviously happiness, surprise, like these are some of the core emotions too. You can be using this as like, I'm feeling so amazing. Okay. I am feeling happiness and this is what my body feels as happiness. Mm. And then you start to understand like what it is you're actually feeling, which again, I think that's nine tenths of the battle because literally the not knowing is the fearful part. And the fearful part is what keeps you in that spiral of like, is this right or wrong, good or bad? I think it's such an interesting exercise for people to take even just where we are at this point in the conversation and start being more curious than you've ever been before about your own um, feelings, right? No, emotions, sorry, emotions, like the six that you listed. So just throughout today, throughout this week, kind of recognize those, those emotions that you're having and identify them like not just by label, but the feeling that you're having the, the way that your body's responding in that feeling. Right. Or sorry, that emotion. Wow. I know. Right. I'm so used to like it being interchangeable that I've always thought that was kind of like what blew my mind is I'm like, okay, but that makes sense when my body is physiologically alerting me to something through an emotional response. Like, thank you body. Thank you for letting me know something is happening here. Thank Mm -hmm. you for letting me know there has been a disruption. Sure. And now I'm going to do my best to take the input you've given me through this physiological, emotional response and try to do my best to understand, to take that into feeling of the reflective part so that the emotion then becomes productive. Like all the ways we were talking about to protect us, to prepare us, to motivate us, to understand ourselves better. Mm -hmm. Like those are all good things. Right. And so taking that, like, is this a good emotion? Is this a bad emotion? Um, they're all good emotions, like emotions serve a purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, although like that was not my favorite feeling to like be laying in my favorite place on earth and be feeling so sad, I didn't even know what to do with myself. Like that wasn't my favorite. I can, I can be thankful for what it taught me, right. For what it showed me, which is what we're going to learn. We're going to get there. I love that. I love that you're breaking it down. Getting curious. Okay. So the second thing, um, like we were saying is articulate what you're feeling to take the fear out of it. And if you are a spiritual type, this is the part where I found myself on my knees asking for help and, and just allowing myself to be present in that moment of feeling it and trying to not be afraid. Right. So I'm, so for me, you know, as a spiritual person crying out for help to God, asking God to help me understand what was happening is part of that experience Mm -hmm. and then giving it time and space to just like sit with it for a minute and allow it to settle, like allow the dust to settle so that I can get a little bit less out of the reactive place and into the reflective place. So if you're not a spiritual um, person per se, what does that articulation 
maybe look like? So, well, the articulation piece would be, would be what you're talking about. And with curiosity is like, what exactly are you feeling? So my, my chest feels heavy or I'm, I'm laughing or my muscles feel strong. Um, my face is doing this or my body posture. It's still a personal thing. It's not talking to a friend. No. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm asking because if I'm not a spiritual person, but I'm wanting to kind of go through this process and I'm not crying out to God, I'm not, you know, in prayer, then what does that look like for me? I think even getting in a meditative place of just sitting with space. Mm-hmm. For me, in any time I'm sitting in a space of mindfulness, God is always there mm-hmm. because that's that's who I am. That's my belief. Mm-hmm. But you can also sit in that place of mindfulness and connection with yourself mm-hmm. and, and be experiencing some of these same mindfulness things we're yeah, talking about. Okay. And so we need to take time to listen, to like let to kind of ride the wave of the emotion, to like let yourself cry or let yourself be happy or feel intensely angry or disgusted or whatever it is you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Just like sit in that space and listen. Like listen to what your body's trying to tell you. Listen to any cues that you're getting. Just like really kind of sit in the place and kind of information gather. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. This next part Um, Well, the next part is to identify them, like look at the core motions and say, okay, which one most closely aligns with what I think I'm actually feeling? Maybe not the reactive part, but once the dust settles, what am I actually feeling? I knew I wasn't feeling anxiety. I knew I wasn't feeling fear. I wasn't feeling anger. And so I really came down to, I feel sad. What I am feeling is sad. And sometimes naming the beast, like just tames it a little bit right? Like once Mm -hmm. you figure out, okay, I'm feeling sad. I'm no longer scared. I know sadness doesn't kill people. Like Mm -hmm. I can, I can withhold this feeling of sadness. Like I'm okay and safe in this sadness that I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's kind of the next step to identifying what is actually happening. Yeah. Okay. So then I knew what I was feeling. I'm sad. Okay. Sad isn't scary. Sad's okay. I'm just, I'm just feeling sadness. Um, the next thing though, that I didn't, I kind of did and then didn't realize what I was doing until I read the research later is recognizing the duality in emotion. Mm. So when I'm talking about, I am feeling sad and I logically could not, I, I knew I was feeling sad because I, I wanted to be with my family and that again, I always love my family. I always want to be with my family, but this type of reaction is not typical for me having time and space alone. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now I've identified feeling sad. I'm feeling like I want to be with my family. Every emotion, positive or negative, like there's duality in it. Okay. What do you mean by that? Usually you're not just feeling sadness. So Mm -hmm. sadness is indicating like a loss, right? Like it's, I was, I was noticing the disruption I was feeling was the absence of my family, but the duality of that sadness was also an intense love for my family. Mm. So I'm not just feeling sadness. It's coming from a place because of the intense love that I feel. Are you suggesting that there is always duality in the emotion? So it really depends on who you ask. I mean, there's lots of like varying, um, varying opinions about that. This, there actually is a therapy kind of centered around this called dialectical behavioral therapy. 
rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> you really went down the rabbit hole. I'm telling hole. you, but it's so interesting. And then I, I was know. like, how, how do I get my master's to become a therapist right now? <laughs> how do I become an expert in this? Because it's just so interesting right, to me. Right, right. And the whole, the whole thing with the dialectical behavioral therapy is creating what they call synthesis, which is taking the duality of like my opinion, my thoughts, my beliefs, my emotion – and looking at the other side of the coin and bringing those two together to have a whole and complete picture. So that duality for you was important in that experience, which I think you said you didn't even realize you were doing, but then mm-hmm. as you researched it, you're like, oh, okay, I can see how that might've happened or how that did happen or how that would be helpful is recognizing that in the sadness, it's also, there's such an intense love for your family. Correct. And so, so seeing it as tandem, mm-hmm. as duality is somehow so helpful. It, for me, it's very helpful. And, and when you look at like fear, so there's kind of like, they call them the adaptive functions of each emotion. But like, when you look at like a fear emotion, we know mm-hmm. that fear is like a protection response, mm-hmm. right? Like fear is like, you're in danger, let's protect ourselves. Right. So if you can look at like, okay, I am feeling fear and I'm also feeling that protection. If you can, if you can look at both sides of it, it almost gives it, gives it more understanding and more purpose. Mm -hmm. So it takes it from that place of like, my body's doing something I can't control to Mm -hmm. my body. It takes it from my body's feeling fear to my body's feeling fear because it's trying to protect itself. Well, and what it really also comes down to is the big and, and I love the and a lot of us love the and if you, if you think about it, I, I am sad not only because I have intense love for my family, but I am sad and I really love my family. Like that and in that moment can be comforting because you're like, yeah, I'm sad and I love my family, which makes it almost like it takes the okayness almost up a notch. Correct. Like I'm really okay. I'm, I'm sad and I'm okay. I'm sad and I love my family. Yeah, I'm definitely okay. Mm-hmm. This is a good... This is a good thing. It does. It takes it from being like, is this a good or a bad to understanding a whole picture of what is actually happening for me? Like fast forward to the end of the story. This was a completely not normal response for me. I generally do not have this feeling being separate from my family. And so the thing that it was preparing me for that it was motivating me for or telling me was, although it made zero sense why I should feel this way. Clearly I needed and wanted to be with my family. And so I was able to purchase a plane flight and fly home that night and be with my family. Mm-hmm. Like I was able to take what was happening and say, okay, clearly I need and want to be with my family. Mm-hmm. So sadness, thank you for showing me that. Thank you for showing me that that is where I need and want to be. And now I'm going to go do that. It motivated my actions to, to align myself with mm-hmm. what I was feeling in my emotions, the reflection, feeling peace after. And then I was able to take the action to be home. Mm-hmm. And, and if you asked me like, did I want to be home? No, I wanted to stay. I wanted to like finish this project. My kids were prepared. Nothing was wrong, but yet this was what happened. Right. Right. Which is particularly odd because Taylor was so supportive, oh, encouraging, totally. um, you asked a couple of friends. I was one of them. We encourage you like, heck yeah, that sounds great. sounds amazing. Like right. do it. Why is there any reason not to? Exactly. You're, like you said, your kids were prepared. Everything was going to be fine at home for those few days until you got back. It's like logically there was no sense in it. There's but, no sense in why I even had this emotion. Correct. And but, yet I did. But the point is you did mm-hmm. and you honored it. Yes. And letting it, and that's kind of the fifth step there is 
letting after you recognize the duality and emotion and sometimes I think like when we're feeling fear you can say okay well obviously I'm afraid because my body's trying to protect me I think sadness with love is oftentimes easily kind of decodable Mm -hmm. I think anger some uh, anger and betrayal emotions like that are a little bit harder to get to the duality of like what it is you're actually feeling yeah I can Um, see that and and when we talk about happiness like this is kind of the heart of the coaching that I do is when you say happiness but what does that actually mean so like happiness combined, like what does, what is the duality of that? I'm feeling happiness because of peaceful alignment. I'm feeling happiness because of what, Mm -hmm. like, what does that actually mean? And, and he talks about the adaptive function of happiness, feeling a closeness to others and yourself. So that Mm. it, it just, it frames it all for me where I'm like, okay, now I can take emotion. I can't control, which sometimes is a reaction of things happening to us or things we do to ourselves. And now I have all this data to use to understand what's happening. And once I understand what's happening, it becomes clearer to me what the next step is for me to do. Mm. It takes it from out of control emotion to reflective feeling to, to action, to Mm. motivated action. And then we feel better, Mm. right? It's Mm -hmm. kind of this like pathway of how to like feel it, identify it, notice it, use the data and do something with it so that it's productive. Yeah. Which that's kind of the bomb being well, able to, and that, being but, able to let it inspire you, to teach you, to motivate you, which circling back really is the reason we have emotion. Hmm. But if we don't let it inspire us or teach us or prepare us or guide us or under, help us understand ourselves or others, there's no point. Right. Like what would it even be for? Then it's just a roller coaster of craziness. Right. And I would be willing to bet that a lot of our listeners probably as they're listening kind of to this process that you're helping to unfold and unpack, I'm sitting here on the other side of the table being very reflective about experiences I've had even recently where I'm like, yeah, I think I kind of went through that and I kind of did that and that makes sense. And I'm also thinking of how I can refine that process in the future when different emotions pop up, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's helpful because once you understand this process and how it can ultimately result in positive, taking action, you know, understanding. Sometimes the action is literally just understanding because I think as humans, yeah, I mean, I'm raising my hand the highest over here. When I had that, I was like, what is the right thing? What is the wrong thing? What is the next thing? Why am I feeling? And I go to those places of like, I want to do the right thing all the time, Mm. but really it's, it's not about that. It's not about like the right thing. Mm. It's just about using the information that we're given Mm -hmm. and doing the best that we can Mm -hmm. with the information we have. Right. But that's why that decoding of the information is so important. If you don't do that, like how do you what even know? It? Where yeah. do you start? And and we might find ourselves caught in the trap of like, what is the right thing? Mm. What do I do next? And what is the right thing? Mm. So taking time to just go through that. I mean, I didn't realize this was what I was doing. And now that I have spent hours researching, I feel like for myself, again, this is like gospel according to Becky, but like I now have a roadmap of like, okay, I'm going, my first thing when I feel that, feel emotion like that, when I, when I am at a place where I can kind of manage that is to get curious, right? Is to listen, is to identify, is to recognize a duality and then to use it to propel me forward. Like that is going to be my roadmap until I'm taught something else by my body or life or studies or whatever. But that's going to be my roadmap of what I do with my emotions. So remind me, allowing yourself to feel, 
feel the emotion, like actually be present and let it sit. Was that one of those six steps? So that kind of falls under the listen, the listening part is like just being present with like being present and articulating those body sensations Mm -hmm. of like what is actually happening, not what's happening in your head, but what's happening in your body. Mm. As we know, emotion being a physiological response. I never thought of it that way. I never thought like, oh wait, the physiology comes first. Right. So if we kind of sit with that physiology piece, it helps us to be able to better manage being able to feel our way through it rather than like cry it out and then move it, move, move along. Yeah. Or feel super happy and move along. Right. Yep. And you said the sixth one, right? The last one, um, is to let it inspire, teach and motivate you. Oh, so that is, Mm -hmm. that That is is the last one because when you're able to take that inspired action, um, and that's actually the fifth one, but when Mm. you're able to take kind of that inspired action to learn what you need to learn from the situation, to let it motivate you, prepare you, guide you, all those things Dr. Ekman talked about, like it becomes meaningful. It it goes back to what we always talk about, which is like stuff happens and we have very little control of a lot of it. Like, like he says, emotions are subconscious. What we have the choice in is the feeling and reflective piece. Mm -hmm. Like, do we want to feel and reflect and have it be productive? Going back to your anxiety attack, if you hadn't have taken that piece, I guarantee you, you would have had multiple panic attacks. Oh, I I think I would have headed into a season of my life of just constant anxiety, constant anxiety attacks, constant worry and stress and... I think I would have spiraled. Honestly, I think I would have spiraled. Yeah. And, and had I not taken the time to acknowledge it and understand it and think it through and talk it through with David, with yes. you, with, you know, I think that that was, the process was beautiful. It was refining. It was purifying. It was um, clarifying. It was all the things that these things should be. These experiences should give us benefit. We should learn from them. Totally. But we won't unless we dissect it a bit. And work right. through it. Well, and, and I think the hardest part of the dissection is like sitting there for hours or days mm-hmm. in an emotion that you don't want to be in. Right. I don't like bawling my eyes out. To me, that's not like fun. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel good. Like that sucked. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be in that place. And so there's also that part of your brain that's like get out of this emotion as quickly as possible. It's probably also appropriate to mention that when there's um, clinical anxiety or clinical depression, that's a completely different topic than what you're talking about, correct? A hundred percent. And I was going to bring that up next is, again, going back to the top of the episode, I am not a psychologist. I am not a psychiatrist. And there is so much science and medicine and, oh my gosh, you guys. And professionals. So many therapies Mm -hmm. specifically targeted to help people understand to do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying this list of like what I'm telling you to consider should be a substitution for that. If you are, if you are genuinely and truly stuck, like, hello, people like Dr. Ekman exist to help us. Like that is the whole point. Don't ever shy away from therapy. Therapy's awesome. I've been to therapy. My husband's been to therapy. We've been to therapy together. Like therapy is amazing. And the mm-hmm. amount of information we have about the human brain and very specific therapies for what your brain is going through is so astounding, which is why it's a rabbit hole that I fall down and I'm like, this is so interesting. It's so cool. <laughs> and in addition, there's a ton of resources um, and, and courses and studies you can read to gain greater understanding. Like that's accessible for free to anyone right. who wants to seek out and learn. And I think it's super, super valuable. Mm-hmm. The more that we can know and understand ourselves, 
the, the better off we're going to be, right? The more that we understand our emotion, we can use it for something good. Well, and here's what I love about an episode like this is that even if I'm not going to be the one that furthers my, my personal research on this specific topic per se, I feel enlightened by what you've shared through your own experience and your research that helps actually just plant some seeds in my own heart and mind, mm-hmm. helps me to kind of navigate through the next challenge I'm going to face. Right. And the next emotion that pops up and then how I kind of work my way through it. You better believe I'm going to like return and report. The next time something comes up that's like a really strong emotion, I want to go through. You're going to recap, I'm assuming, yeah? Mm-hmm. Recap kind of those yes. steps. And and really go through that, navigate maybe a little differently, tweak my process just a little bit than maybe I've done it before. And all of it kind of comes back to intentionality. Mm-hmm. This is being more intention. This is why we call it cultivate a good life because you're truly creating and cultivating these experiences and framing your life in a way that is more meaningful and more helpful serves you better. It totally does. And for me, if I was to break everything down to what information gives me is it takes fear out of my life. Mm. Fear. I can identify fear is the emotion that keeps me stuck. When I am afraid I get stuck. And so any information I can gain takes me out of the fear place and gives me tools to do something with the things. Mm, I love that. And for me, that is always the goal. Yeah. So you might be asking yourself like, okay, well, I'm not having a situation where I'm bawling my eyes out in a hotel room for hours. Like I'm not having really strong emotions. And I was actually talking to one of my clients and we, we kind of compared it to having a backpack of like, and, and by the way, like probably we've all had emotions that we've just buried or gotten through the moment and not really learned from or dealt with. And those, like (laughs) she gave me this visualization and visualizations are super helpful for me, particularly when we're talking about abstract things like emotion, because it's not something you can necessarily touch and feel and see and, and deal with. But when you, when I visualize it as an object, it's very helpful for me. Yeah. And so we talked about comparing it to like having a backpack full of rocks. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have like past things we felt or traumas. And it's kind of this like bag that we just carry. Right. Maybe our go-to emotion is fear because of past responses or traumas in our life. And so we kind of talked about like unzipping our backpack or if you're having an, if you're lucky enough to not have a backpack, good for you. And is that, is that human though? Probably not. (laughs) Unless you have a great therapist, in which case share their number with all of us. Right. Right? Maybe you have a backpack that's full of cotton balls. Exactly. That would be fabulous. (laughs) But, um, when we have an emotion or when we have a backpack full of emotions, if we like think about it as a rock and so kind of the visual I do is like, okay, I hold the rock. And so like, okay, this rock is smooth or this rock is whatever. And then when I can go through this process of identifying what the emotion actually was, and most often I think the ones we hang on to are ones really meant to keep us safe. Um, we can kind of like hold the rock and become friends with the rock. Like it's, it's taking that like fighting against your emotion to like becoming friends with your emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, thank you for being here. Right. Thank you for keeping me safe. I understand what I was feeling back then was intense anger and I was being defensive because I was feeling betrayed and you know, whatever it is, you can kind of like talk yourself through it, right? Mm-hmm. Talk, talk to your rock. Emotion. You can almost say, I I'm happy to have you here for a minute. You're not going to exactly. stay very long, but sit with me for a minute. It's yes. fine. We're in this together. And then I'm going to excuse you. Right. And mm-hmm. so in my mind, what I do is I take that rock and I like in my mind, I have this happy kind of meditative place in my mind I go to, and you can take that rock and then like place it in 
into like a rock garden or place it in the woods or place it in wherever the happy place in your mindfulness practice is. And you can thank the rock. Thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you for giving me the information that I needed to know about myself and about a situation. And I want you to know that I am safe and thank you. And I want you to rest now. And so you can go over here and rest hmm. if you want to. I love that. Do you know what I mean? And I it's love just, that so much. And it just takes you from a place of fighting against it all mm-hmm. to just like becoming friends with, understanding, mm-hmm. not being afraid of the emotion. And knowing it's going to pop in for a visit here and there. Totally. Right. It's not a piece of your soul. It's not, right. the rock is not sitting in your stomach mm-hmm. <laughs> or your heart or your intestines or on top of your head. It's right. not a piece of you. It's just going to come and go. Well, and I think when we recognize too the emotion has a very scientific purpose yeah. in our life, right. in our physiology, in, in our mental health and all of it, um, it starts to become a trusted friend and also data. So like the sadness I was feeling when I could wrap my head around like, okay, I'm feeling sadness. That sadness really testified to me of the love. Like you take that duality concept. Like it was really telling me like, I love these people so much. Mm -hmm. So it took that intensely unpleasant emotion and brought an ounce of like goodness to it. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and when I understood that, I understand, I understood what I needed to do next or what I felt like the right thing to do next was. And then I did that thing Mm -hmm. and guess what? I felt better. Oh. From doing what you Absol- felt like from you buying to the do. plane flight, which yep. is why I felt like after hours of this, I felt like that was the best choice with the information I had, mm-hmm. and I flew home and I felt so much more peace. I felt um, I don't have to wonder anymore, like what in the world was going on with me. I don't have to wonder, like was that the right choice or should I have stayed and tried to like fight it out? Because it doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't matter because the emotion showed me what I needed to know. I made the best decision that I could and I felt peace. Mm-hmm. So there is no right or wrong decision. It's just, how do I feel? Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Okay. Totally. And I, I, I think that there's a great deal of freedom um, that comes from when we recognize that it isn't about right and wrong, good oh, or totally. bad, when it comes to the choices that we're making. We, mm-hmm. just, we just make choices and we make thousands of them every day. Yes. Little, a lot of little ones, of course, mm-hmm. and sometimes big ones. But it isn't about right and wrong. What's the right thing? What's the, you know, what's the thing that I'm supposed to do? Actually, you can do whatever you want and just move forward in that direction. Right. But the key is being like what you're saying is acknowledging the emotion that you're having in connection with those choices and then, and then everything yeah. that we've been talking about. It's really... moving forward with your emotion rather than running away from your emotion. Mm. Because I can tell you, you're much more likely to make a damaging decision if you're running away from your emotion. Mm. Even though that's movement, you're not running in the right direction. Oh, I love that. Anytime you're running forward, it really can't be wrong because mm. you're moving forward. I love it. The best you can. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this probably was a lot of information. And some of you are probably like, well, that was a lot of information. <laughs> I'm going to go over those five steps again really quick. But again, I want to point you to Paul Ekman, E-K-M-A-N.com. We're going to give you the exact link um, the, where he talks all about universal emotions. You can really dive into his work with facial expressions and body posturing and all these different things to help us better understand what it is we're actually feeling. Um, let's go through those steps again. So step one would be to get curious. Step two is to listen. 
um, and articulate exactly what you're feeling to take the fear out of it. The third would be to identify, like identify which of those core six emotions are you actually feeling. Um, and then we have four, which is recognizing duality in the emotion. So for me, again, that was sadness kind of, um, putting an emphasis on intense love. Like I was feeling both of those. Right. Mm -hmm. And then five is let that emotion turn to the reflective feeling so that it can inspire you, prepare you, teach you and guide you. Mm. What a beautiful roadmap. Isn't that what good? What a helpful... Thank you, Paul. I, I need to reach out. If I could get him on the podcast, yeah. that'd be great. But thank you, Dr. Ekman, for your work. And and he kind of came to his work. You can read all about it on his website from some traumas he had in his life he wanted to understand better, mm-hmm. which led him to this really incredible work that he does. Isn't that the way some of the most profound work happens is people oh, kind of struggle with something themselves. They figure it out. Mm-hmm. They, then, they then don't hold back and share it with other people. Yeah. And and I mean, as a side note, he has some. he has a few courses that you can take to help better to help teach your children how to better identify emotion and to use some of that facial um facial cues and some of those things to be able Mm. to help them identify which is really interesting i love that (laughs) i want to i want to mention one thing because you've uh you have mentioned several times that we'll put certain things in the show notes i think it's a good time to remind people where are the show notes we know just from data that most of you are listening to the podcast through that little purple icon on um, on most Apple devices, and it's called podca- the podcast app. So when you're looking at the list of episodes and you see them all listed there, you tap on the purple details. When you tap on details, that's the show notes. Mm-hmm. So you can look at the show notes with any and every episode anytime. And we do always include links in there mm-hmm. or Instagram handles if we mention certain people on social media or whatever. So it's all there. Make sure you check that it's out. It's all there and it's there forever. So yeah. if you listen again or you need to know where that information is. It just lives there. Head back there. Yeah. yeah. Because we share a lot of, there's so much good information out there, you guys. There's so much good information. Information. And I'm thankful that we're able to access that information and bring some of it to you. And I hope that you do research some of these, these people that we discuss. If their work feels particularly interesting or impactful for you, mm-hmm. I encourage you, like, take that nudge. Like Becky always says at the close of every show, take that nudge, take that little prick of interest and do something with it. Mm-hmm. Research, read about it, figure it out. Take action. For heaven's sakes, that's what we're here to do. That's right. I love it. Thank you very much, Beck. That was really profound. It has me reflective about recent experiences, like I mentioned, and it has me feeling um, more encouraged and hopeful for the challenges that I will continue to face because that's not ever going away in this life. (laughs) And thankfully it's not because like we know, it brings us closer to knowing ourselves and to letting others know us, which ultimately leads us to alignment and connection with ourselves in the world, which is beautiful. Mm. It's all good. Emotion is good. Mm, I love it. Friends, thank you also. Thanks for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye guys.
for the first time ever, our Becky code will be increased to a 20% discount at shinecosmetics.com. What? What? I think maybe you just do the what. (laughs) Add it to yours.